You think you just get executive produce and nothing else? Well, most likely. That's probably actually how things work. I'm ill. I'm ill. Sicker than your average. I'm ill. I'm ill. Sicker than your average. What the fuck I'm ill. What the fuck I'm ill. Sicker than your average. What the fuck I'm ill. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I know I am as I'm rocking in my rocking chair. I am the unforgettable one himself, Mr. Brett Carroll. Charles is always daydreaming, and we're two guys that love BSing at work. And you know what, Charles? After all the drama, after all the injuries, after all the COVID nonsense, in what seems to be the longest shortened season of all time, mm-hmm. The playoffs are finally among us. They're not here yet. As of this recording, most teams have one or two games left. But we can see the horizon. It's coming. And I don't know about you. I'm very excited. Oh, I'm excited. I'm looking at the standings now. It's also weird seeing like 10 teams eligible in the East. I'm happy. The Nets are the second seed. We are going to play the Celtics or the Hornets, depending on who wins that plan. And everyone's worried about the Nets' defense. Oh, right. No one's worried about the Nets' defense. We were looking like the favorites going in there. I'm feeling good. I'm living my best life for another, what, 48 hours as of this recording? So. I'm not even going to touch the defense thing. I'm just going to let you have your moment. I'm also excited. We did a, we did a pod a couple months ago, maybe even over a year ago, Lord have mercy, um, where I talked about like the tank tournament and, and how the NBA can stop tanking in the regular season. This playing tournament is a great idea. I love it. Uh, the only people that don't seem to love it are the teams that suck too much to not be a top six seed. Sucks to suck. Um, but I think for everybody else, like you got to love it. It does stop tanking for the most part. More teams are in contention for a playoff bid which means there's less incentive for them to, to tank. Although OKC did it, but we'll get we'll get to that in a little bit because that's bad. There's a, there is a new trend going on in the NBA that is bad. But for the most part, this this playing tournament I think is a great idea. I know the Mavericks didn't like it, but notice now that they're the fifth seed, they have, they haven't said anything bad about it then. LeBron didn't like it. He didn't like it because he knows his team might be in it. But that's what I'm saying. It's only people on that 6-7 bubble that don't like it. Everybody else is cool with it. So I love it. I think it's a great idea. It lets team, like I said, it gives more teams something to play for, which is important. When you have an 82, even well, even this year, a 72-game season. But when you have 70-plus games, you need something to play for after game 50. Like It's kind of hard for most teams to get up every day and every night to play for something when they know have they have no chance of winning. So now that you at least give somebody a chance to make the play in tournament, it's it's something that that teams can strive for. I love it. I still think the NBA should do like a mini tournament for the bad team for draft picks because like I said, there's still a trend of tanking. What OKC did this year was atrocious. They should be fined for it because that's just ridiculous. Um, They're not even the worst team. The Rockets are the worst team right now, seventeen and fifty-four. Yeah, but for those for, for those who don't know, on March I want to say twenty-second, the OKC Thunder were only a couple games under five hundred. But because they're in the West, and obviously the West is a little bit deeper, 
they figured the chances of, of them making the play, even making the playing tournament, were low. So since March twenty second, they have not played Sean Gilders Alexander, who's like probably their best player. They have not played Al Horford, who yeah, he might not be who he was anymore, but he's still a valuable player to that team. He's still a veteran. They've rested a lot of guys, and they've won two games, two games as of this recording. Who knows if they win their last game of the season or not? I doubt it. But they've won two games since March 22nd because of that. One of them was against the Celtics when the Celtics really needed to win. So that was a really big, that's probably the upset of the season uh, this year. But, you know, as an NBA fan, like, you can't accept that. You know, Andre Drummond not playing for the Cavs until he got bought out. JaVel McGee not playing. Uh, Kevin Love getting injured in quotation marks being out for so long like that I do agree that's bad for basketball you can't just be resting guys and not playing them because you want to tank and everything else like that that's bad that's been a symptom forever now though and looking at the bad teams it's funny that you said not playing guys and just wanting to tank I'm thinking about which of these teams are done which of these teams are not going to be these teams anymore obviously the Rockets are rebuilding obviously the Thunder are rebuilding so even though you're pissed they they haven't been trying to win they at least make sense resting who they're resting. Yeah. The teams like the Minnesota Timberwolves, who, as on Nets propaganda, on the dope block, we and you have talked about the Nets fans that love deloading and just act like Kyrie isn't better. And act like Spencer hasn't been more consistent and better than D'Lo was. And to be fair, we haven't heard much people talking about D'Lo these days. Oh, yeah, they forgot. They yeah. forgot all about him. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. And me and you, I, I can't even remember if it was on, on Wax, but me and you were definitely talking, and I was being harsh on Cat, like when is he going to start getting blamed for the lack of success the Timberwolves have had when they've been doing nothing but building around him? Because you can complain about a lot of different organizations not getting the help. The Timberwolves have been making moves to try to just get Carl Anthony Towns in a good situation. And I don't think anyone can really argue that after the Jimmy Butler moves, after the D'Angelo Russell moves. Uh, they got rid of Ricky Rubio for a reason, and Ricky Rubio is still playing minutes in this league. So... That's one team I'm looking at right now that's like, what the hell's going on there? The Kings are still young. I think the Kings, if they make an adjustment next year, you know, you give them one more year. Like with the core or whatever the King, you think the core, the King, the core, yeah, the King's core is going to be, right? Say that three times. Right? The Pistons and Magic rebuilding on on the east side, right? The Cavaliers. They, they just suck. Yeah, they're, 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 they're hopeless. The Raptors. They're weird because we thought they would be better. Yeah, and, and I think they're in a rebuilding year, too. I mean, Minnesota just sucks too. To be fair, <laughs> like, to, to be fair, I mean they're they're the worst organization in basketball, and that's saying something because the Cavaliers still exist. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's saying something from you. Just, just... Yeah, the, the Cavaliers still exist, but Minnesota all, still reigns king. Although now that Alex Rodriguez has taken over, not well, official yet. Not not official, but well, the deal went down last night. They're waiting for the uh, approval from the board of governors from the NBA. Um, we'll see what what happens. Uh, there are a lot of bad teams. Don't don't get me wrong, but that's my point. I think there should be a postseason for all thirty teams because that's just not a good product when you have teams that are just aren't even trying. And I think what OKC did was weird because we've never really seen that where a team just midseason says, you know, ah, screw it, we're just going to completely, you know, tank. We we you know obviously with Philly and stuff like that, we've seen teams from jump be like, yeah, we're not going for it this year. We've seen teams like. Towards like the end of the season, say, all right, we're not going to make it. Let's just, you know, tank for the rest of the season. 
We've never seen a team literally like just in the middle of it, just be like, eh, chances are we're not going to make it, so let's just let's just call it quits. And to your point, me, you, and a bunch of fans thought the Washington Wizards were done, and now they're in the play-in tournament right. because uh, Russell Westbrook just surpassed the big O this year. Mm-hmm. So to your point of trying, who knows where they would be for the last three months if they went on a run. And, and to, to the further of that point, the New York Knicks, Right. The New York Knicks could have just given up three months ago, but they didn't. One, because of good coaching. Me and you were giving Thibs his props. Julius Randle's been playing out of his mind. Yep. Could you imagine if the Knicks just said, man, this is going to really hurt our draft stock. Let's sit Julius Randle. Right. Like, it, it's crazy to say because if we said this at the beginning of the year, you, you'd be like, how serious are the Knicks playoff chances that they that, that would be controversial? Now we're sitting here on the eve of the playoffs, and we know how good they are because they just started gelling as a team. So I'm with you with the Thunder, especially. They, 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 not playing Gilchrist Alexander, unless he's hurt, how is that helping him? Like, even if you're trying right. to tank. And I was just about to say, he's young. Like, he's still young. Like Let him fail. And, and, a lot of t- and a lot of times with tanking, the problem with that, too, is you just develop bad habits, man. Like, you can't go out there every day on a bad organization that's not trying to win. You don't become better basketball players individually. Like, so, again, with the Timberwolves, yeah, they surrounded – cat would help um but if you're not playing good brand of basketball and if you're losing all the time and to be fair the Timberwolves were decimated with like injuries this year too like cat was out for covid like i think a couple times and he was hurt d'lo got hurt so to be fair they weren't anthony edwards was balling though. He, he was balling but he wasn't i think he wasn't even starting like the first half of the season so there was a lot of stuff going on with them this year well but it's not like any of us believe they're going to be great next year either but the point, the point of the matter is, like, I, I really do think they need something that's like, you know what, this is bad. We can't have that. Because in the NFL, you still see tanking a little bit now, but it's not nearly this bad. Only if you're the Eagles. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and that was one game. And, it was and, egregious. I'm just saying that was, was the most recent. It was egregious. It was, egregious. It, was, it was definitely egregious. But and further to your point about playing the young kids and not tanking, the Phoenix Suns got 49 wins right now. So you're telling me that it would have been better for the Phoenix Suns to constantly bench like Booker or Aiton if they were just sucking three months ago. That's insane. And, and again, they went to the bubble saying, look, let's try to win. They, they were one of those teams that a lot of people say, why are you even in the bubble? You have no chance. And they didn't have a chance. They went 8-0 and and didn't make the and playoffs. And they built off of it. Right. That, and that's what I'm saying. Like You can't, you can't do that or as, as an organization. That's just not... That's just not a good product. For, forget winning, because I tell people all the time, stop making the mistake of thinking these organizations care about winning. They do not. Mm-hmm. I, I know we as fans do. We're the only ones that do. The players do, because nobody wants to sit there and lose every night. That sucks. But the organi- most of these organizations could care less about winning. However, it's still bad business. It's still a bad product. People are not going to watch if they know, why am I watching this team when the, the only player I would even care about on this team is not even going to play today? Yeah. Like that, that's just not that's just not a good, good business model. The only reason I worked for the Sixers was because they, ha- they have a built-in fan base. They have a hardcore built-in fan base that they know isn't going anywhere. The, the teams that can't do that are teams like the Thunder, that the reason they ha- even have a fan base still is because when they moved, they had the big three. Right. So, and, and, and the young Thunder, the what they call them, the baby Thunder or whatever. So, that's the only reason they even have a and, fan and, base right now. And even the Sixers, they got away with it because a lot of those guys were hurt. They were just saying, you know what, why, why, you know, throw them out there? Let's just give them a full year to recover. 
and B got hurt again. Okay, cool. Let's just give us an excuse to not play you again for another full year. So even then, they kind of had built-in excuses with some of the injuries that their rookies and uh, young players had back then. And you see it now that, okay, cool, we did it for five years, but now we're, we're, now we're the top team in the East, at least you know in the regular season. Um, I don't – OKC has a whole bunch of draft picks. They didn't have to do this, by the way. It's not like they were the Nets or the, the Rockets. Like, they have so many draft picks. And granted, a lot of them are coming from playoff teams. So you say, okay, what are you going to do with picks in the mid-20s? But still, you didn't have to really say, let's go for the number one pick in the draft mid-season. That's no. just ridiculous. And speaking of the, the like what we're looking at playoff-wise, the Sixers are sitting at number one. They clinched the number one spot. Yep. And they're going to play either the Pacers or the Wizards. Call me crazy, but Westbrook would add to his legacy if he could knock off the Sixers team and upset. Yeah. That would be the upset, and that would be legacy building. Like, like to your point before, not everything is measured in rings. Like, there's whole generations of Knicks fans that love teams that didn't win the big ring because they had that heart. And there's plenty of NBA fans that love Westbrook just for that reason, besides the triple-doubles. It's because of how much heart he plays with. I, mean, I don't think they have a chance, anybody the Sixers play in that first round. But if I have to try to give somebody more competitive, I think it would be the Wizards. I yeah. really do. Mm-hmm. No, no disrespect to the Pacers and Karis LeVert. Uh, the Nets are looking at the Hornets or the Celtics. I'd like to beat the shit out of the Celtics. I'm not going to lie. I would love to sweep the Celtics. That's what I would like as a fan. I think the Hornets, the Hornets versus Celtics right now, see, is a little bit closer than I think a lot of fans just looking at it on paper. Seeing what, it's very close. I mean, Jalen Brown's out one. Two, that Celtics team just hasn't had a spark all year. Um, and three, this Hornets team is young and they're hungry and they haven't made the playoffs in forever. So they're going to be playing with intensity. The storyline just between those two franchises, too, because of Kemba. Right. And and LaMelo Ball. And props to LaMelo Ball, man. That kid had no chance to not get criticism just from his last name. And he showed up in the league and he's been balling this year. Oh. So good for you, kid. Because you went from the dorky little brother to the uh, the big baller brand commercials, to now you're looking like the best prospect coming out of your family, which is saying something. Because Lonzo gets heat. That dude is that dude got a spot in the league as long as he keeps playing the way he's playing. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, like he got fucked up because he got compared to D'Angelo Russell and Magic Johnson coming out of the draft. When like, what kind of chance do you have? No matter what, right? Um, yeah, who's supposed to be the next Jason Kidd? Yeah, and which, to his, to his credit, he might be. He's still young. Like, his prime might look completely different than what we think his prime should have looked like coming out of college. Because right. Melo was the one that everyone's like, he's supposed to be the Steph Curry clone, which that matches up with his age. So um, you got the Bucks coming in at the in the third seed. We got a Bucks knicks series in the first round? As of right now, I mean... The Nets won today. We're hoping Miami could beat Milwaukee. As of, again, as of this recording, by the time you guys hear it, we'll have definitive answers. If Milwaukee loses tonight, Brooklyn will clinch the two seed. If Milwaukee wins tonight, we have to beat the Cavaliers tomorrow. I know that I know everybody's like, oh, it's the Cavaliers, but that, I mean that's a big. You know, you don't want to. You know, we're zero two against them this year, ironically. So you don't want to mess up, mess around with that. Um, but assuming that everything stays according to plan. The Knicks won today. If Milwaukee wins, though, uh, the Knicks become the five seed. So that changes a lot of things. 
If Milwaukee wins, the Knicks become the five seed, and they are playing the Hawks in the first round. Right. Which I think every Knicks fan wants because they played the Hawks really well this year. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, and it's Bucks Knicks, the Bucks and and New York great season. Yeah, yeah, New York great season, and that's one of those games like maybe Julius can get one game for the Knicks. But for all the shit I have to hear about the Bucks being a threat to the Nets. I don't get how if the Bucks are a threat to the Nets to knock us out of the East, I don't see how the Knicks have a chance of beating the Bucks in the first round. Again, though, if I'm going to give the Wizards a you know a Disney movie chance at winning, the Knicks would be the team to do some crazy ish and knock off the Bucks. Because then we got to hear about it from Knicks fans that they that beat the Bucks in the first round for us. I put air quotes for that, and then you would have to hear all the all the conversation on first take, mostly you because I stopped watching that show about how Greek freak, can he get it done, yada, yada, yada. So that actually is made to happen because that's exactly what we don't want. If 2020 taught us anything, we don't get what we want. (laughs) And and you're either looking at the Hawks playing the Heat or the Hawks playing the Knicks, and that's not good for – like the Hawks can never catch a break in the playoffs, man. Like they were the one seed and no one had faith in them all those years ago, and now they're the fourth seed – and I don't think they have a shot against the Heat. They have a shot against the Heat. I shouldn't say they don't have a shot against the Heat. They have zero shot against the Heat. Eric Spolster's going to outcoach. Yeah, they have zero shot. And the Knicks just yeah. are a bad matchup. Like, honestly, the Knicks are like the matchup that like they don't they don't want that from a matchup standpoint. And then the, the Heat are the team they don't want to see because Spo has those has Jimmy Butler working. Like, let's well, be that, real. That and the Heat are just a better team. The Knicks are a better team. No, I mean, the Haw- look. The Hawks this is a great. This they're is all about year. forty and thirty-one right now. This is a great year for the Hawks. I mean, they were a team that was also tanking, rebuilding, stocking up young talent, and they finally start to look like you know. Obviously, they made the playoffs, so th- this is still a great year for the Hawks. Even if they lose in the first round, they should be proud of themselves because at best you would have thought they would have been a playing t- type of team. If you finish top four or five in the West, that's I mean in the Eastern Conference. That's pretty good. Props. Yeah, no one can take that away from you. And for all the shit the East gets, I just want to remind everyone the San Antonio Spurs are below 500 in the playoff tournament in the West. So stop acting like the West is that much deeper because it's not, at least on record. And at the, as far as the top teams in, in the East, the top teams in the East have been great against the West. So so the parity is better than it was five, even five years ago. Yeah. And look, going to the West, you got the Utah Jazz sitting at top, 51 and 20 at the time of recording. And they're going to play either the Grizzlies or the Spurs. And the Jazz are a good team. They've been a good team. They're a good organization. They've been relatively competitive for pretty much my entire life. Yeah. Since the 90s, they have fielded a good competitive basketball team for the most part. Yeah. The problem is, would you argue, could or could you argue, the Grizzlies could just beat them in the first round? No, as much as I love the Grizzlies, as much as I love John Morant, as long as long as much as I love Triple J, who is from Plainfield, New Jersey, uh, they have no chance. You give them no chance no for chance. that for that first round upset. No, not in a four. If you're talking about a playing game where anything can happen, yeah. But in a four in a seven game series, there's no way they're beating the Jazz. Uh, the Jazz, you don't work this hard to get the best record in basketball to lose to a Grizzlies team that has you know two players on. I'm sorry, three players. I forgot about Slow Mo, Kyle Anderson, who's also from New Jersey. So I love the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are the team I root for when the Nets aren't on. So, but, you know, I love John Morant's game, and they're going to be a great team, but they're still a couple years away. 
And we're also looking at the Lakers and the Warriors in the play-in tournament right now. As of right now, they're half a game behind the Blazers. That's, I mean, the the, the seedings are basically set for most of these teams, which is why we're recording this before all these games figure itself out. The only real thing with any real consequences still is Lakers making the play-in tournament or not. And depending on who they're playing, if they're even going to play LeBron or AD these last couple games. So... A lot of people think they should play the tor- the playing game so they can avoid the Clippers in the first round. Lakers, Warriors, say that's what happens. Mm-hmm. What do you think happens in that series? I think the Lakers win, even even if they don't. Wait, is it t- playing tournaments a series or is it one game? So, oh right, yeah, that's a good point. Let's let's explain that for people. So, how this works is seven eight will play each other, nine ten will play each other. The winner of seven eight automatically faces the two seed. The loser of seven eight plays the winner of 9-10, and whoever wins that becomes the eighth seed. So if the Lakers, even if the Lakers lose to the Warriors, that means the Warriors automatically become the seventh seed. The Lakers would then have to play the winner of Spurs-Grizzlies, and if, and when, I'm not even going to say if, when the Lakers beat the Spurs or the Grizzlies, they'll be the eighth seed. So you think the Warriors can beat the Lakers, but the Lakers are going to make it in because they can beat the Grizzlies? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, again, in a one-game series, yeah, if Steph goes off and, and, you know, LeBron and AD are still, you know, not 100%, yeah, the Warriors can win that series. And and so the Phoenix Suns, right now the Phoenix Suns are the two seed, and they're balling. Good for them. That's 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 a team that I can't wait to watch in this postseason. Yeah. When it comes to the three seed, you got the Denver Nuggets, Joker, great another great team that's just been – you know, slept on for the most part by casual fans the last couple of years. And Jokic's been an MVP candidate the last couple of years. Maybe he'll win it this year. He should. Because for all the all the hate that uh, Kyrie gets about not playing games, he's played more games than Joel Embiid, who's been in the MVP talks, just for context. And you would have the Nuggets playing the Portland Trailblazers as of this recording. What a matchup in the first round. I don't know. I'm gonna not going to lie. I, I want to say... The Nuggets win that because, out of respect for the Nuggets, they've been that good. But game time, yo, this is what he does. This is exactly the round that he shows up and then upsets everybody. This is what Dame Lillard has done. He's one of those players that if they get to the finals, we're going to be saying like, oh, well, we should have never slept on Dame. That's what what the narrative would be. We'd all be acting like we saw this coming. So – can the Blazers beat the Nuggets? That's one of those series. Without Jamal Murray, I think he, I think they can. It, it, it just depends. I mean, the Blazers, uh, one of those teams that can't stay healthy, man. Like, it's literally been Dame just doing everything because especially, especially their bigs just can't stay healthy. If Nurkic is back, and I don't, I have no idea what his status is, um, he, he, he helps them. Obviously, the Joker has been amazing. But with no Jamal Murray, I don't, I don't put it past – and and the Nuggets, as good as they've been, they also haven't played great defense this year. So you know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> so anything can happen with that. And then you got the Clippers and Mavs as a four or five matchup potentially, Clippers. which I think everyone's going to say Clippers. But this is also one of those series. Clippers. The Mavs historically are that are one of these. Like I just said about the the Clippers, the, the Blazers. Really, no no love for Luca, huh? Clippers. I. If you're the Clippers, you cannot like you can't like you literally cannot lose this. But that's what the Clippers do. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you cannot lose this. You can't lose this. If if you can't get out the first round, Woo. my God, 
it's 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 I'm I'm saying the Clippers for the for the sanity of the NBA. Okay. I guess that makes sense. And and we'll have plenty of time to break down like the next couple rounds, however they shake out, because we because well, that's I what mean, we've been waiting for. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like I said, the good thing is the playing tournament starts, I believe, Tuesday. Um, so we can probably do it. We'll probably will do another NBA pod like the end of next week once we have the seedings down. But this is when I, I figured we could talk now because we haven't talked basketball in a long time. And and I do, um, you know, just to say I I do love the playing tournament. I love the idea. I think it's made it interesting because this has been the longest shortened season I've ever. I've, it's weird because it's a shortened season because of 72 games. But because it started so late. It feels like forever because we should be talking about Eastern Conference Finals right now. Yeah. Like, usually the finals would be starting in like two weeks. I, I like it like this. I'm not going to lie, guys. I like I like how the schedule is right now. I like that we're going into summer and the playoffs are just starting. I wasn't against when the games are being played in 2020, especially considering everything that went on last year. But the weirdest part was, see, was you know, October finals. I don't need that. I like having the finals in warm weather. So if we push back the finals, I don't know when it would happen. I guess beginning of July? Yeah, it's, right. it's, supposed, to, it's supposed to, like, stop right before the Olympics. That, but that, that, honestly, dude, as a fan, I don't know how the players would fe- I feel about that. But as a fan, if, like, you can get a Game 7 on July 4th, hypothetically speaking, in the, in the future in America, that'd be hype. Game seven of the NBA Finals, July fourth. Just uh, and I think uh, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure like the end of it'll be like mid July is when it's supposed to end or something like that. Like, the, and the Lakers have beat the the Pacers, the Knicks have beat the the, the Hornets. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy because now the games are starting to feel like playoff games. Right, like, it's impo- but that's my point. That's why these play. <laughs> that's why these playing games are so important. That's why the seating is so important. This, and this Boston cool. beat the Timberwolves. I'm just saying, like, we were just talking about that. It's like one of those things where it's like, guys, all the shit I got two years ago when I was saying something like Wiggins wouldn't be the best player on the Nets, and, and people are like, oh, what do you mean? Blah, 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 blah. And a couple of years later, those same fans were, were like, how could we trade Karis LeVert for James Harden? Yeah, people are. People don't make sense when it comes to this sport, man. And all I'm saying is, at what point do the Timberwolves look at their franchise center and ask if he's actually a franchise center? And I'm saying that not even as a hater, because I would love to see him get traded to New York because he, he's from around here. And, and, and if they got Cat, that'd be the second coming of Ewan around here for the Knicks fans. And and, and they and that's a good team, but it's not like Thibs worked. So, well, yeah, I mean, look, Cat, again, I think they have good individual players. They just don't have a good team. They just do not have a good team. Like, period. Besides Cat, there's really nobody on that team that you would even say, yeah, yeah, I want that guy on my team. <laughs> Besides Cat, there's not. And that's no offense to D'Lo. I, I, I think that was one of the first pods we ever did when we were in the floor of my kitchen, and I was talking about D'Lo. I said, yo, yeah, he played great, but it was a contract year. Yeah. Like, I'm not putting too much stock in this. And unfortunately, we haven't seen him play to that level since then. And also, something that's lost in time now is give Kenny Atkinson some respect. Because, like, I didn't like how D'Lo pretty much criticized Kenny Atkinson when I'm not saying he didn't deserve criticism as a head coach, but at the same time, he was the best head coach for you professionally. So you want to take the credit, oh, like, if you don't want to get blasted as you did that just to get paid, 
just at perception, not saying it's reality, just as perception, don't blast the head coach that helped you get paid. Because it is a team sport. You played amazing, but there was plenty of dumbass plays that me and you still harp on, even though our team's better now. And we harp on it because we're fans, and we remember it, and it annoyed the hell out of us. Like, I was joking before the pod I mean, came I, on. Honestly, every time I see a behind-the-back pass, I, I, <laughs> I have PTSD. How amazing has James Harden's passing been this year? Amazing. Like, like he's Every one of the time best. I see a good pass, I get PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like my 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 point guard used to throw behind no look passes out of bounds when we needed, when we just needed a completed pass. This is <laughs> one of the most talented Nets teams that they've ever had. I, I probably the most talented Nets team they've probably. ever had. It is the most talented Nets team <laughs> they've ever had. Um, it, it's the best backcourt in the NBA. James Harden, Kyrie. I used to say Kyrie and James Harden because I still count that as the one and two, but everyone's like, Harden's the point guard. Whatever, man. I don't care which one you want to make, the point guard and the two guard. It works. They both work. And James Harden passes guys open better than anybody else in the league, which is saying something. Um, They just played their eighth game as the big three, and I'm ready for this. Playoffs to really, start. Really, really seventh and a half. People forget that Toronto game doesn't even count. Um, yeah, I'm excited, man. I really am. I, I, I know I've been Mr. Debbie Downer all season. Um, no, actually, we didn't record because you, you were like, you were right, man. And I said, why are you trying to jinx us? Shut the fuck up. I'm like, that's actually why we haven't done that's propaganda. But, I don't need you giving me no damn props before the playoffs start. But, you know, I, I, I'm very excited now. Um you know, it's it's this is gonna be magical no matter what. I just hope that we at least reach the finals. Because if they don't reach the finals, it's gonna be a well, night. Amen. But before we get there, before we get to any potentials like that, because we know if the Nets go down oh one in any series, that's gonna be the narrative until yeah, the next game. Yeah, the sky's falling. Yeah. Back. So before we even get there or deal with that, I just wanna praise the team that we actually saw this year because that's what I was telling everybody. Shut the fuck up and enjoy the ride. This is going to be one of the most entertaining rosters that the Nets have ever put on on the court, and it was. And props to Steve Nash for getting a a number two seed, or actually the first team to clinch the playoffs with the most amount of lineups. Mm -hmm. Now, everyone's like, that's not a good thing. No, it's not a good thing. But you know what is a good thing? The record from that amount of lineups, because that's coaching. Like, and if it's not coaching, then all the people that are giving Kyrie all the coach killer bullshit, you Celtics fans, all you guys need to acknowledge that if it's not Steve Nash, it got to be Kyrie, because out of the big three, that's the guy that's played the most. I love James Harden. I, I said he was a, a MVP candidate before he missed these 17 games. But if we're talking about who's played the most for the team out, out of the big three, it's Kyrie. The most consistent net out of the big three would probably be Uncle Jeff. Props to him, too, because I don't think any of us saw him being Sh- that shout out, shout out Uncle Jeff, because I remember I was livid when we got him in the offseason. I was like, I wanted Ibaka. We got Jeff Green. And every time I see uh, Asia and Devon, shout out Asia and Devon, they always look at me like, yo, so that, that Jeff Green signing, huh? And I'm like, no, listen, I wish I had enough money to say I'd treat him to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I, I couldn't afford anything that he would probably want to eat. Um, Blake Griffin, too, another pickup that, that we were skeptical. Matter, matter, matter of fact, I'm glad you went there because we're about 30 minutes in. I want to I do this. The whole point, one of the things I want to do on this pod, since it's basically the end of the regular season, we might as well do our regular season awards. And since we're talking about all the acquisitions, I want to say this. Sean Marks deserves executive of the year. He really does. He should have gotten it three years in a row. 
Max Kellerman always says if there's a question about football, the answer is Pat Mahomes. If there's a question about basketball executives, the answer is Sean Marks. And Marks we trust, bro. And and I've been somebody who's been critical of Sean Marks, by the way. But what he did this year, especially compared to everything that he's done the last couple years, has been phenomenal. Like you said, we've had the most uh, roster changes of any team in the NBA besides the Rockets, who have the worst record in basketball. Yeah. So, and part of that was because all the injuries, COVID, all this stuff. Unfortunately, LaMarcus Aldridge had to retire. So we've had to pick guys up left and right and try to make it work. And he's hit on every single pickup, every single one. Even a guy like Alizé Johnson uh, on 10-day on contracts, and now he gets signed, he plays well. And so for the people that say, oh, that doesn't count, you have James Harden. I'm like, yeah, Okay, you gave it to Rob Palenka last year for trading for Anthony Davis. Why can't Sean Marks get that same love for James Harden? Sean Marks better have it. And, and not only that, to me, it's like forget the James Harden trade. It's the fact that we've been able to put together a, a competitive team night in and night out, no matter who's been gone, because of all the complimentary pieces that he's been able to get. That was an incredible job by Sean Marks. And if we are going to talk about the James Harden trade, Again, Anthony Davis trade got Rob Palenka that deal, and that wasn't a steal. That They gave up a lot of good young pieces to to get Anthony Davis. If you look at the James Harden trade right now, that was a steal, and and we got the best player. Yeah. And I was one of the people that was critical. Like, damn, I don't know if I want James Harden. I think, I think we gave up a lot. The Rockets look like complete idiots right now. They flipped everything they got. Yeah, they look like complete. Like they right got now. they got fleeced. They got our picks, yeah. But like COVID has really thrown a wrench in, in draft picks and the stock of draft picks. Right. They they look complete. The fact that they don't have Karis Levert is ridiculous because he's been balling for the Pacers. Shout out Karis Levert. He's been balling for the Pacers. They got Oladipo. He didn't want to be there. They got rid of him and got nothing back in return. So the main player in that trade looks like a really bad franchise right now, and we got James Harden. And and you gotta think about it. The Sixers were gonna make we're gonna be put pressure to make that move. We came in and made the move before the before the Sixers, you know, could think about it twice. And then Harden ties Jason Kidd for most triple doubles of any net in a season. Right. So just in context for the, uh, the franchise we have, yeah, yeah, yeah. We gave up our whole future. If we don't win a ring, it's all for naught. Guess what? It, most teams don't win a, win a ring after moves like this. Like. And this is the this is the exception of of the rule. We are a different type of team, hence why Marks deserves this award. Marks no. built this franchise. Literally, we're getting called a big three franchise, a super team. We are a super team. This is the same GM that people questioned why he took the job. Right. So whatever, guys, we 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 blew up our whole future. We did it again. The only difference is last time we did this, we weren't the number two seed, and and the whole world wasn't hoping we just fell apart. Right, because and, of, because of Dan Tony. Let's, and, let's, don't and, forget that. And let's also remember this too with that James Harden trade. They weren't going to do it because they wanted Jared Allen. But you know what? They said, you know what? We got a guy, Nick Claxton. We'll be fine. Nick Claxton's been balling. He's been balling. We'll we'll pick up other bigs. We'll be fine. So as much as they did not want to get rid of Jared Allen, they they made the deal work. I think Sean Marks has to get Executive of the Year. And and I know a lot of people want to say James Jones and uh, Phoenix. Okay, yeah, he deserves it too because they are the number two seed, and he did pick up Crowder, and he did pick up Chris Paul. That was a good pickup. 
But and and they have a better record than the Nets, I believe, by a game or so. But when you look at the day to day things that Sean Marks has had to do to keep this team together, with all the injuries, with all the COVID stuff, with guys missing time for different reasons, that's what your executive is supposed to do. Yeah, he made great moves. He got great pickups, and. Yeah, and people are going to say, oh, well, Blake Griffin won your course. Everybody jumped on the back. Again, Jeff Green, bro. Jeff Green. Yeah. Jeff Green. Like, Jeff Green alone should get him executive of the year. He's been balling this year. And so. and I got I got to give the Knicks props because they if they, they got to win one of two, if not both, for coach of the year or most improved player of the year. I think they should win most improved. That, obviously, Julius Randle. Obviously, nice. Julius Randle. I would give, speaking of the sun. So, again, this is how this is supposed to work. When you win a lot of games, you get awards, right? Yeah. The Phoenix Suns have the second best record in basketball. They need to be rewarded. And if you're not going to give Chris Paul MVP, which they shouldn't, the Joker deserves it, you got to give Monty Williams Coach of the Year. And no offense to Knicks fans, I understand you were the feel-good story of the NBA, but the Nets did this th- two years ago. Well, Kenny Axon didn't get Coach of the Year when the Nets uh, came out of nowhere and was the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. So no offense to the Knicks, and I would I would say our roster back then was worse than the Knicks roster now. If you think if you think I mean of, that's debatable. Like, I, if you if you think about the fact that that was a young team with a bunch of no namers and everything else, this is a Knicks team that, that at least had veterans. Julius Randle did come out of nowhere, and he became most improved player. But remember, he was still a top seven pick in the draft. Yeah, he was supposed to be this. He good. was supposed to be this good. They they had a bunch of veterans. They had a coach that people understood was a good. But coach. RJ's also improved on his three point shooting. So Thibs, I, I I would go Thibs. That's the East Coast bias. I've watched more Knicks than I've watched Suns. And, and but you're right. The Sun, if the Suns win it, there's no shot. Or I mean, there's no, there's no hate in that. If that's a good choice too, it's pretty much between those two guys. I was actually gonna say Chris Paul. Is he in the conversation for MVP just because would they be this good without right? I would, he should be. He and he's not gonna win it. Joker will, and he should. Joker should. He should win it. And but that's my point. So the the Suns have to win something. So give most improved to Julius Randle because he absolutely deserves it. There's nobody. Oh, so he's gonna get robbed. Like I feel the same for both New York teams. If, if we don't get Executive of the Year, if they don't win, win a- MIP. Those yeah. are robberies. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. There's nobody should even submit their name for most improved. It's Julius Randle. Like nobody else should even. <laughs> You know, matter of fact, they get nominated just be like, nah, I resign. It's his. It's his. So the Knicks should get that. The Suns should get coach of the year. The Jazz are going to get six man of the year in Jordan Clarkson. So it all works out. Doc Rivers is another guy I thought should win coach of the year because he literally took that same team from last year and just made them better. Like, he challenged Joel Embiid. He challenged Ben Simmons. He made this team more better defensively. He got something out of him that Brett Brown just wasn't doing. So for the longest time, I said Doc Rivers. But the more I thought about it, you got to give it to Monty Williams because even the people that thought the Suns were going to be good, you cannot tell me you thought the Suns were going to have maybe the best record in the in the entire association. I I, I hear you, dude. I'm but I'm saying the same thing for the Knicks. I didn't think they'd be this good. I know something the Nets did. But I was one of those people saying Kenny Atkinson deserves coach of the year. Right. So I, I'm just being consistent on, on, on the dope blog. At least you can hear the consistency and how I think about these awards. Because if I was going to champion Kenny Atkinson, how the hell am I not going to champion this? No, no. Tibbs turned them from... Tibbs should definitely be second. Tibbs should definitely be in the running. I guess what I'm saying is if you're going to reward all the teams that were playing well this year, the Suns are definitely the second best feel-good story 
of the season behind the Knicks. And and they got the second seat in the harder conference. Like yeah. that, that like, come on, you gotta reward them. And like I said, the Suns have played ball. They, they, like, they've been balling. And my thing is this, and and I and and you know, we joke about the whole Knicks Nets thing, like, oh, the Knicks, you know, we're in their heads, this, that, and the third, and Stephen A's been joking about it too. But I will say this. If they give the Knicks all the awards, that's just complete bias. That's not fair. Because here's what here's the problem with that. These are people's legacies, these are people's jobs. Winning coach of the year keeps your job. Win, winning, you know, MVP keeps your job. For the, for the people that says Julius Randle should win MVP, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. No. He, if you want to make him a candidate, great. He should not win the award. Those awards mean something. That changes your outlook. That changes your legacy. That gives you more leverage when it comes to contracts and everything else. So that's why for me, I'm like, no, 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 be consistent. If, if you didn't give it to Kenny Atkinson, you cannot give it to Coach Tim. Um, that's just me. And, and we haven't even, the fucked up part is, we haven't even brought up the Jazz. Best record in the NBA, right. we and, haven't even mentioned. But that's why I said Jordan Clarkson will win six man of the year. So every top team or best teams of this of the year will get something out of this. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Matter of fact, in a perfect world, Joel Embiid would have held on to the, his MVP title so the Sixers get more love. But it's going to be the Joker. But that's my point. Every every team that did the most this year will get something. For the Knicks, that's just most improved player. And that doesn't mean Toast Tibbs isn't a great coach. That doesn't mean he's not in the running for a coach of the year. He's easily top four because it's going to be Snyder from the Jazz, Monty Williams from the Suns, Doc Rivers from the from the uh, Sixers, and him. No, and no offense to Steve Nash, but Tibbs, I would definitely put it over Tibbs. Um, but Tibbs in that conversation over over Steve Nash. Oh yeah, Steve Nash had a better roster to begin with, and it's the moves made from every bump in the road that's why we think that we should win Executive of the uh, of the Year. Right, Sean Marks. Steve Nash, I just think, deserves a little respect for being a rookie coach and being a good one. I think there's nothing he hasn't really done anything that you could just be like, oh, why do we? You know, he's a puppet or any any of that BS. He's, he's active in every game. He seems attentive. He usually answers the questions the right way. I know that that seems like the bare minimum, but like puppet coaches, there's usually more dysfunction. And the Nets, for all the dysfunction this year from never having the big three on the court together, have played like a team the whole time. Yeah, don't honestly, the only thing I've, all, I've only killed uh, Steve Nash for is some of these games, like, it's like, bro, please call a timeout. And I know that's the Popovich style of thing. Like, I want the players to figure it out. But like at the end of the day, what do you, what do they pay you for? No, it's a mixture of pop and Dan, Dan Tony. Like fuck it, run it, <laughs> just yeah. run it. No, 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 it's fine. Just keep running it. Yeah, and it's just like okay, cool. But at the same time, what do we pay you for? Like you, you call a timeout because there has been a couple games that we have lost. Was like mm, we might not have lost that if you didn't let the the run balloon to what it was before yeah. we finally called a timeout. But other than that, I'm not going to criticize him. And a lot of people say, oh, why is he doing this, doing that? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt saying, you know what, because we're not a great defensive team and because we don't have chemistry the, against some of the, against the Milwaukee's of the world and the Sixers of the world, he's purposely not playing guys so they don't have as much tape on them as they are. 100%. So I'm going to give him, even though he's a rookie coach and I shouldn't give him the benefit of that doubt, I'm going to give him the benefit and, of the and, doubt. And, we, and we've beaten teams like the Suns. Like the Nets have beaten all the good teams. So not giving them the film and the idea – of what we're gonna do when we need to do it is better. Save it for because because I learned the best like mantra for the finals, in my opinion, is what uh LeBron did one of the runs. It's sixteen wins. He told the entire locker room it's sixteen wins. Yeah. We need to win sixteen more times. Yeah. That's it. Right. Don't overthink it. 
If we get to 16, we win. Get right. to 16 first. And that's the best way to think about the playoffs. Because a lot of people want to just turn it into four mini seasons. Like, this series is the entire world to us. When instead of just thinking, like, we need to hit 16. Right. No matter what, I got to get 16 wins. Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, because if I get three here and four there and did it, like, no, nah, if you don't get 16, you, you Yeah, you don't get, you can't, you can't lose more, you shouldn't want to lose more than twice. And you don't want to, you want to get to 16. Right. So, it's, that's, that, that is what it is. Um. But yeah, I, it's been a it's been a great season. It's been a long season, man. This season just feels like it's been forever, especially for the Nets in terms of being not being able to catch a break with these injuries. But I'm excited, man. I really am excited. And uh, you can find me at Never for Brett Me, man. N e v a underscore the number four b r e t t underscore m e on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at not the Chuck D on all the socials. We're at www.thedope.blog, at the dope blog on Twitter, and at the underscore dope blog on Instagram. And Brooklyn. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Brooklyn stand up. Fuck the Knicks. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. Motherfucker, I'm ill. Motherfucker, I'm ill. Sicker than your average. Motherfucker, I'm ill. Motherfucker, I'm ill. Sicker than your average.